0: Slam dee, ego. Slam dee, ego. Slam dee, Hit it up hard. Hit it up hard. Hit, Hit it with strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. Amen. Slam dee, ego. Slam dee, ego. Slam Slam me, hey. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done till we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 380 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here on April 9th, 2023, a Sunday night. Padres just finished up a blowout win over the Atlanta Braves on Sunday night baseball, 10-2. to They won last night, 4-1. Great starting pitching that the Padres got from Michael Walker last night, from Seth Lugo tonight. The offense went nuts tonight. Nelson Cruz, for being like a 42-year-old, whatever his age is, he's hitting pretty darn well. Uh, I think that eye surgery definitely helped. And he loves raking off of lefties, despite not seeing that lefty ever before. Whatever that guy's name was, Dustin Dodd, I think. Uh hit off him pretty well. Six runs driven in from him. Trent Grisham hit a bomb. Hassan Kim hit a bomb. Uh so we'll we'll get to more from today's game, yesterday's game, we could talk about the series as a whole, obviously, where this Padres team is at right now, heading into this New York Mets series, which I'm very excited about. I would have been more excited if Joe Musgrove would have been pitching on the eleventh, but we have some updates on that as well, but still Mets Padres that's going to be exciting uh to see. I think one of the games is nationally on t b s Although, we'll be able to watch it on Valley Sports San Diego, but the national audience will get to see some of those games as well. So, Because I think on TV, it's one of them, and then there's at least one more in the series that's going to be on MLB Network for the out of people. So, the baseball world is definitely going to have their eyes, just like they had their eyes on this series, they're going to have their eyes on the Padres' next series as well. Yeah, Devin in the chat here, and hopefully my Wi-Fi is okay tonight. I apologize if it's not. I can't control that. Usually it is pretty good. You know, last latch wasn't that great. And tonight, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. So I apologize in advance if it's not. Um, but Devin here says Nelly for a million is surely a steel contract for the Padres. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think we said that right when Nelson Cruz signed with the Padres. We immediately saw, wow. million for one year. I'm going to take, I'll take that as a Padres fan. All Nelson Cruz has to do is get like 10 home runs and he outperforms that contract, you know, and mashes off of lefties can have the Matt Carpenter platoon, great veteran leadership. Right. And you're not paying Eric Cosmer money for that. Uh, Yeah. I love that guy that you can have off the bench. Can he can be like a second manager. And there's a bunch of managers already in the Padres organization, Padres coaching staff. Mike Schilt, uh, Brian Price, I think, an advisor for Houston to manage for the Reds. Obviously, Melvin. Ryan Christensen will probably be a manager in the future. But just add Nelson Cruz to that, yeah, I was all open for that. And it's already paying off. Uh, huge night. Huge night from Nelson Cruz tonight. The Padres, they totaled 13 hits in this game compared to the Braves' eight hits. One run in the second, they had three runs in the third, a run in the fourth, three runs in the fifth, two runs in the sixth, and then the bullpen didn't do terrible. I know Tapia came in and loaded the bases, right, but he's not supposed to be on this roster. I mean, I want to repeat that because I think that's important. So for people that, anyone that wants to get mad at Domingo Tapia, like, he was facing double-A batters in spring training, and yeah, he pitched his butt off, but He shouldn't be on this roster if guys were healthy. So I'm not going to, you know, be all mad about Domingo Tapia. Um, Chris Matt, I thought he bounced back tonight. So that was good to see. I know it was in like a, a really low leverage spot, but you'd obviously rather see him bounce back than him struggle again. So the Padres now are six and four. So top performers tonight. I mean, Nelson Cruz, Seth Lugo, I loved I loved what I saw from Grish, uh, just aggressive, continuing to be aggressive. Homer's uh, I love what I saw from Hassan Kim. I, I mean I know that the, the pitch that he swung at that went over the left field wall that was not smashed, but uh, and it was not a good pitch to hit. But I forget what the, was the was it two strikes in that count? I forget. If it was, then I'm just going to protect Hassan Kim there and just say hey. He was protecting the plate. Um, but, yeah, I was saying on my post-game reaction moments ago, like Augusta at the Masters was just a few hours away, and that's definitely what it reminded me of. That I mean, he golfed that thing out. And then Seth Lugo tonight. Six innings, allowed one earned run, five strikeouts, five hits. He has pitched really well for the Padres in these first couple of games. Now, my question about Seth Lugo, my questioning of him, is not about what he can do at the beginning of the season with the Padres. Like, I know that he's a quality pitcher. he's He definitely can positively impact any team that he's on. And we're seeing that with the Padres. I just question how long can Seth Lugo do this in the rotation. And I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But I just keep that in my mind. like. Let's see how long he can do it, how consistent he can be. Uh, but what all, all we can judge on right now is what we've seen from Seth in the regular season. And he's been pretty phenomenal. First outing last Sunday, 22 out of 25 batters he faced first pitch strikes. And he allowed six uh, six runs in that outing. Or not six runs, six innings. He went six innings, sorry. He did not allow six runs. That was more like the Braves pitcher tonight. It might have been more than six runs. Um, But combined in these two outings from Lugo, 13 innings pitched, two earned runs, four walks, 12 punch-outs, should we be asking for anything more? I mean, that's definitely what we would want. Like, if if you could tell me going into the season, yeah, hey, Ben Seth, he's going to only allow two runs in his first two starts, and he's going to go 13 innings, and he's going to strike out 12 batters, and his whip's going to be one. box and hits per innings pitch, for anyone who doesn't know what that is. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sign me up for that. So I'm impressed by what I've seen from Lugo. The velocity's there. Seems like he's hitting his spots really well. Breaking ball. There was that one breaking ball that he threw to Ozzy Albies tonight. And usually breaking ball ready to a lefty, Breaking ball, it's gonna go down and in, or it's just gonna go down. It looked from the camera angle, and ESPN's camera angle was different from the previous angles that we got in this series. It wasn't as like center field straight on view, which I'd rather have obviously, that that it allows the fans to see, yeah, is that really strike? It allows fans to see the movement better. But their camera was more off to the side, more off to towards like Left field, but it looked like in their camera that breaking ball that Lugo threw to Albie's tonight, it went like straight. You know how changeups can go; they go down and to the right, fading away from lefties. That's what it looked like it was on Lugo's breaking ball tonight. So nasty that breaking ball is nasty. I already knew it was nasty going into this season, but to see it, you know, consistently, it's fun to watch. Really, really fun to watch. And then Michael Wacca yesterday, he pitched really well. He goes six innings, doesn't allow any runs. Two hits that he only gives up. Walks one guy, strikes out 10. Through two starts for Waka 12 innings, 12 punch-outs, a one whip. That's like the same as Lugo. Right? Waka and Lugo, they're second time around so this weekend right they combined for 12 innings of work one earned run and how many strikeouts how many strikeouts uh 15 strikeouts 15 strikeouts combined one earned run among the among those two guys 12 innings pitched from The guys that we hope are probably going to be the 4-5 starters if everyone's healthy, right? Darvish, Musgrove, Snell ahead. And then Waka and either Lugo or Martinez. Right now, it seems like it would be Martinez going to the bullpen just the way that Lugo's pitching, right? I think it would be dumb for the Padres to send Seth Lugo to the bullpen the way that he's pitching. I mean, he's giving the Padres more innings than Nick is right now. So if they go to a five-man... Which they're going to do at some point this year. Darvish, they pushed his start up to tomorrow instead of Tuesday to put him on that every fifth day schedule. Musgroves pitching on an every fifth day schedule, at least that's the plan. Uh, it could be pushed. His rehab start could be pushed back a day, a couple days because the update on him is that he tweaked his shoulder in his last rehab start in Sacramento the other night. Uh, he he was like. He made a play. There was, like, a number in front of the mound. It's on my Twitter, at Talking Friars, And he was, like, falling over, and he tried throwing in the same motion, threw it way out of the reach of the first baseman. But he was just trying to make a play. His natural instincts took over. And I guess that's the play that kind of tweaked his shoulder. But it doesn't seem like it's serious, just precautionary, push it back a day or two. Uh, so he may not come back until, like, the 18th or the 19th instead of the 16th because originally his target date was the 11th right April 11th against the Mets that's not going to happen that's going to be Ryan Weathers on Tuesday and then if not the 11th he wanted the 16th but he threw I think 85 pitches in that rehab start the other night a little rusty hit a few batters so it would probably be best for him to make another start And if that start is pushed back to, let's say, the 17th or the 18th, um, or excuse me, the rehab start would be pushed back to like the 12th or the 13th. Not Because he wanted the 11th, that was going to be his rehab start, but then it's going to be pushed back probably. So let's say it's pushed back to the 12th. Then he would come up to go pitch the 17th, I think. If the Padres, yeah, the Padres have a game the 17th. They don't have another off day till I think, the end of the month. So that's what we're looking at with Joe Musgrove right now. That's kind of the update there. Um, But, yeah, to have your pretty much four or five starters in the rotation, pitching this well, giving this much length at the beginning of the year, that's amazing. Because this bullpen, right now it's like a six-man bullpen. If you're not including Hater, because Hayter only pitches when the Padres have a lead in the ninth in a safe situation. So he has very limited appearances. So like guys that might pitch any day, that's like six guys. And some guys are going to be down from pitching a couple days in a row or the night before throwing like 30 pitches or over 20 pitches. Uh, so that reduces the bullpen down from like six to maybe five or four. So, yeah, having length there, that's very, very important. That They have stepped up huge for the Padres. And then yesterday, um, the bullpen pitched pretty well. On Friday, I don't know if anyone listening or watching this didn't catch my show from Friday, uh, but Honeywell pitched really well. Willie well. Honeywell, Willy well. Honeywell pitched really well uh, getting out of jams. bases Loaded got out of a jam. I think Garcia got out of a jam that night as well. That was the first of three straight wins for the Padres. And then um, in yesterday's game, I just want to make sure I get this right on who pitched yesterday. Wilson, Garcia, Hader. Garcia allowed a run, but didn't one of the balls hit the second base bag? So was that really a run? Should that have really been allowed by Garcia? I don't really think so. Uh, Wilson, no runs. Hader came in. Allowed a couple base runners, but struck out all three outs. All three outs were strikeouts in that ninth inning. So that was cool. He's looking really good, Josh Hader, Um, getting right back off from where he was at the beginning of last year. So there were encouraging signs. I mean, I know that like it felt like the world was falling apart at the beginning of this series, right? Because the bullpen and Snell with that outing that he had, just not giving length. And that's definitely frustrating. And We're going to continue to talk about Snell not giving length for the Padres. Uh, But to have three wins in a row like this, the offense show up here in the series finale, it definitely puts a smile on my face, puts a smile on all of your faces, Padres fans, right? Going into, you know, now the work week and just this next series, I'm not a big believer in momentum, but you'd rather have score a lot of runs on national television against one of the better teams in baseball and take the last three games in a series than to struggle, right? Because most it feels like most nationally televised games during the regular season for the Padres, they don't really play their best. But tonight, the offense showed up, and I know it's not like they were facing Max Fried out there or Spencer Strider, right, like they faced the other night, who was daunting. like, every pitch felt like was a tremendous pitch from him. They were facing a guy that had one start, right? Dodd, guy has an ERA over seven now. Um, and he, he pitched like five innings against the Cardinals. Really small sample size. Wasn't the best pitcher. But the Padres can't control that. So we're taking these dubs, and we're going to be happy with it. And now the Padres, I know this is really early, and I know that uh, some will just laugh this off, but in the division now, Padres are tied for first with Arizona Diamondbacks at 6 and 4, the Los Angeles Dodgers they uh have lost 3 games in a row. They're now 5 and 5. So, maybe the regular season they'll say, the regular season doesn't matter, blah blah blah. But that's not what they were saying last year, right? They they Dodger fans love to to say things so it fits their narrative. All right, I'm just going through the chat here. That's why I paused. Uh, Alex says, great game. Funny seeing Mets Twitter sad over Lugo leaving. Yeah. Well, they didn't really give him a chance to start. So, yeah, he was going to leave. The Padres were willing to give Lugo a chance to start. So he was like, yeah, see ya. I get to be on an NL contender, the team that beat you? Sure, I'll go. If you're going to give me, like, I want to start games. So the Padres, they're going to give me a shot? Yeah, I'm going to go. And I think he has the option, too, so he can just leave if he doesn't like it. But I assure you, he likes it right now. Uh, Devin asks, is Senga going to pitch in this series? I don't believe so. I think he pitched yesterday for the Mets. Was it yesterday or... Yeah, yesterday. He got the win for the Mets against the Marlins yesterday. So the Padres will miss Senga in this Mets series. So Scherzer's going to start tomorrow against Darvish. That game's at 410. That'll be fun. Game one wild card rematch. Tuesday, same time, 410. It goes from aces to maybe guys that should be in the minors uh, if everyone was healthy. Ryan Weathers against David Peterson. And then Wednesday, Padres have not named a starter, but I think that would be Blake Snell because Snell pitched after Darvish last time. And Darvish and Weathers flip spots this time around. So I think it would be Snell that game. And Tyler McGill is pitching for the Mets. That's the day game. That's going to be at 10, 10 a.m. our time. So some morning baseball there on Wednesday. And then they head back home, the Padres, and they have a four-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday's game is at 1 o'clock for some reason, not 540. That's weird. Don't have many 110 Saturday games. Is that... I wonder why. Is there something going on in the city where they have to have it at 1? That's weird. Irie says, so far, all great news by A.J. All these new players are already providing... Providing... Providing what? Positive impact, I guess? Uh, Waka, Lugo, Carp, Nelly, yeah, I mean, Nelson Cruz, so I want to see, I want to look up this guy's numbers, I know it's early in the year, obviously, but he has feasted off of right-handed pitching, or left-handed pitching, excuse me, I know he doesn't have as many games as Carpenter has, but he's hitting 350 so far this year, and then Matt Carpenter, let me look up him here real quick. He's probably not doing as well because he has more at-bats. Yeah, 222, but he's had good moments. Um, it was it was against Spencer Strider, right, where Carp had that home run to right, got the Padres back in the game. They had a 6-4 lead. They ended up losing the game, which sucked, but he's had good moments with the Padres. He's played some first base when Kim's not playing or when Kim sh- shifted over to short uh, earlier in this series. This is the way that the Padres wanted this to work out. Their plan was to have Carpenter and Cruz Platoon. It's going well so far. Again, it's early in the year. We're, what, nine games in? What are we, nine, ten games in? What are we, six and four? Yeah, ten games in. Padres and the Braves are six and four. So it's early, but there are a lot of encouraging signs. Bogarts, Grisham has Grish- Grisham I think has gotten on base every game so far this year and Bogart's has gotten on base I think every game but one so far in the 10 games and they've all played all 10 I think the shift going away is helping Grish a little bit but he's also being more aggressive he's not waiting he's not striking out looking a bunch so I love what I'm seeing out of those two Soto's turning it around right there was there was a an at bat tonight where there were two strikes on him and his two-strike swing, it was a ball on the outer half of the plate. He pulled it to right center and it went off the wall. It almost went out. And Atlanta's a deep park, almost went out. So this guy has a ton of power, obviously, to all fields. I, you know, when Soto's going right, it's kind of like Will Myers, obviously, when he was with us, you knew Will was going right when he was hitting balls oppo into the gap. I feel like that's the case with Soto as well. So hopefully he can start spraying it around more. And that's when we'll kind of know, okay, Soto's back because it feels like there's a lot of balls that are grounders to the right side. Some got through, I think one got through today because they're hit hard. So I hesitate to say like, Oh, Juan's he's rolling over everything because he's hitting them hard, rolling over his gr- weak ground balls. So, I guess, you know, but for Soto's standards, he'd probably say that he's rolling over balls. But he is still hitting them hard. When he's going right, I think he's hitting it to all fields. So he's not quite there yet, but I'm seeing some more encouraging signs from him. And I'm I'm surprised we didn't see Campy. Or Campy got in yesterday's game, right? So we did see Campy in this series. I didn't watch the whole game yesterday because I was at the Aztecs men's basketball celebration. You never know the next time the Aztecs are going to make it to the final four uh, make it to the national championship. So I had to go. Uh, Devin says Nelson Cruz should be a senior advisor or something baseball front office related when he retires. Hopefully the pods get a world series and give him a ring to round out his career. Yeah. He's still looking for that ring. He got there with Texas, right? Against St. Louis couldn't finish the job. Uh and then he went what? Seattle, Baltimore, uh Washington, who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting another team. But yeah, none of those teams were going to do anything. Maybe Baltimore a little bit, but yeah, Texas, that was his that was his best shot. Uh Devin says Lugo continuing to impress me still don't want to buy in too much of the success. How long is he going to keep this pace? I don't know. Yeah, that's the same. That's kind of the same thought I have. Lugo's going to help this team. Even if he can't do this consistently in the rotation, he's going to do this. He's, he's going to positively impact this team consistently in the bullpen. Then if he can't do it as a starter, I, I I'm confident in that. I love Seth Lugo. Um, I just don't know how long he can do it as a starter. That's all. But all we can judge on is what he's done so far. And so far, he's been really, really good for one of the, the last two guys in the rotation, right? Jesus is at B-dubs. Taste it. The wings taste extra good today, yeah. Pretty good Sunday. Take three out of four from one of the best teams in baseball, and now you're heading to New York have a winning record bull. Uh, excuse me well bullpen has been pitching all right the last couple nights and then the offense explodes because there was that one game right in spring training where they had i think a nine run inning against the diamondbacks and it was like all right here's the potential of this offense when the bottom of the order is clicking this is what's going to happen and we saw that tonight with grisham with kim so yeah it was another amazing offensive outburst. All right, I'll get back to the chat, some more Padre stuff, but first... Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well tonight just looking at the box score again again Padres win 10 to 2 tonight they kept the big guys from obviously scoring runs uh Acuña didn't score Olson didn't score Riley didn't score Albies didn't score Sean Murphy didn't score right Arcia was the one that scored down there at the bottom um Acuña got an RBI but didn't didn't have the bigger guys in this order do a whole lot of damage you know, Olsen, Acuna, Riley, they all got, you know, a hit. Alby's got a hit, but it wasn't a lot of damage. And then we go to yesterday's game, four to one win with Waka on the mound and then the bullpen. Acuna, 0 for 4. Olsen had a good day, but didn't score any runs, only drove in one run. Riley, 0 for 4. No runs scored, no runs driven in. The catchers, Darno Murphy, 0 for 3 combined. Albies, no RBIs. Uh, no run scored, right? Like keeping those big guys from have doing damage. That's what I've liked so, or that's what I that what that's another thing that stood out in these these last couple of games here for the Padres against the Braves. And the bullpen for this Mets series coming up, the bullpen is in a good spot now, because so. For anyone that doesn't know, at Talking Friars on Twitter, every before every game, I'm putting out a Padres bullpen usage chart, which goes over all of the relievers in the bullpen, their pitch counts over the last five days entering that next game. And today, Hader Garcia, they were going to be down back-to-back days that they pitched. So I was like, okay, if the Padres have a close game here. Who's it going to be? Is Hill going to be closing? Is Are they going to have Steven Wilson close? Honeywell, they ended up going tapia Mack because the game was a blowout. But I was wondering how Bomell was going to piece this together, how Niebla, Bomell, the Padres coaching staff, was going to be able to do this without their two best guys. And Suarez is obviously hurt, Marjon, Pomerantz. They're obviously on the shelf. Uh, but obviously, luck, lucky enough for us, we didn't have to see that. It wasn't a close game. Uh, but now the bullpen resets, kind of, right? The bottom two guys in the bullpen pitch tonight, Tapia, Chris, Matt. So that keeps Honeywell, Wilson, Hill, Garcia, and Hayter fresh, ready to go to start the Met series. And hopefully Hayter pitches multiple times. Garcia pitches multiple times. Hopefully all those guys that I just mentioned there, even Honeywell, or maybe Honeywell only pitch one game, but hopefully they, they can get multiple games in, in this series. So. There was a lot of positives at from the end of the, the end of this series. The bullpen, the back of this rotation, the offense. I'm loving what I'm seeing so far, or recently from the Padres, and it feels like, at least for me, the Colorado, the Arizona series, like that. That feels like a long time ago. Tyler says Nola and Campy's bats need to wake up. Yeah. But on a night with the Padres' offense just scored ten runs, it's kind of hard for me to go be, you know, harsh on Nola and Camposano's bats. I think that's a plus if Nola hits well. I want him to. I want him to be solid behind the plate. You know, I'm not surprised when he doesn't throw out runners or runners, you know, have an easy stolen base. Like that's just it's going to happen. But Limit the pass balls, right? Wild pitch, try to block it. You know, stuff like that. Good leadership out there behind the dish. Like, that's what I'm looking for really in Nola. And hopefully with runners on, he can poke a single through the right side or something. Maybe drive a couple balls to the gap. Like, that's kind of my expectations with Nola. Sal says, 30 starts for Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, and Waka. I don't know about Snell. Uh, yeah, and Musgrove, I think when he comes back, he can be healthy the rest of the year, but I don't know if you will get to 30 starts with him. And then Waka, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I know he can pitch well for the pies at, at, at the big level here in the rotation. He has had some injury issues the last few years, though. So I don't know if he'll get 30 starts, 15 starts, Sal says, for Martinez and Lugo, and the final 12 for Weathers, Groom, etc. Yeah, I think Groom's going to come up at some point. Uh, Martinez and Lugo, are you saying 15 starts for both of them combined? Or, or 15 starts for Martinez, 15 starts for Lugo? I don't know if you'll get 15 starts out of Martinez, to be honest. If if Musgrove, if the rotation can stay healthy and Lugo stays in the rotation, or maybe they intentionally send Lugo to the bullpen for a little bit, you know, to give him a little bit of a rest, a couple week rest, and then bring him back to the rotation, and still have him throwing, you know, to keep his arm built up, but just don't have him throwing in those intense game environments. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Vince asks Do we know when Musgrove will have his first start? Yes. Well, kind of. We don't know a specific date. It seems like his next rehab start is going to be pushed back to either the 12th or the 13th, so Wednesday or Thursday. Then he will come back and make his regular season debut, season debut on either, what would that be? The 17th or the 18th, I think. So that's where I would expect him to make his season debut. And that's after the Brewers series. Next weekend. Uh, Devin asks, do you like how the lineups are constructed before each game? I do so far, yeah. I, I like when a lefty's up, having Bogarts immediately right out there. Just having two righties, Bogarts, Manny, and then you have Soto. Um, And I I obviously love Bomell's confidence in Soto. Like, that's not going to wane just because he got off to a slow start. So, if any, I haven't seen this, but maybe some fans are thinking, why is Soto hitting third when he's hitting under 200? Blah, blah, blah. It's Soto. that's why. You know, Bomell trusts his players, especially the the star players. He's not going to move them in the lineup because of a slow start. And then, obviously, mixing and matching. You know, if a lefty's on the mound, then probably a Ocar's in there and in, in right field, a door's in there. If a righty's on the mound, and then the DH is platooning. Yeah, I like what I'm seeing so far. Given some guys, Bogart's had a, a DH day. Manny had one before he got ejected the other day. So, yeah, I like what I'm seeing so far. I mean, I'd like to see Campy a little bit more here early in the season, just give him that shot. But maybe pitchers aren't comfortable yet with Campy. And it's going to take some time in bullpen sessions. And then they'll give him some more time. But yeah, I like what I'm seeing from the lineups. And I'm not someone that is too picky about the lineups frequently. Because I know Bumel is a very experienced manager. He knows what the heck he's doing. He knows more than we do, right? So as long as it's like there's not something that totally sticks out to me like why the heck is Soto hitting eight you know that's not happening so yeah I'm, I'm good with the lineups all right more Padres talk but first I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports it's underdog fantasy they have great pick 'em games and best ball tournaments in pickup games just pick higher or lower on two to five players stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night you can go cross team cross league and even cross sport best ball revolves around the draft which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product how does it work exactly you enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users that lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest the better the combined performance of your team the more money you win after your lineup is all played underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup that's it no waivers no trades no worrying about who to start or sit after you complete your draft your part is done underdog fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways including daily contests weekly contests playoff contests and season-long contests you can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code, Friars, and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Today in the underdog app, I was looking at the higher lowers for the pick'em for the Padres-Braves game, and there was like Bogarts, I think Manny, I think Azokar was one of them. If you pick those guys, I mean... Didn't they all hit today? Did everyone in the Padres lineup get a hit today? I hope so. Nola did not. Nola and Azokar did not. But okay. So Bogart's one for four. Manny three for five. Soto two for four. Cruz three for four. Crony one for five. Kim two for four. Grish one for four. Bogart's is hitting 324. Manny's hitting 308. Nelly's hitting 350. So, pretty good starts for some of those Padre players, huh? And I was just looking on social media before coming on, and the Cubs, I know this is totally random, but the Cubs have an ad trying to sell tickets. They have Hosmer as the main guy on this ad, and they're talking about him and his gold gloves again. I was not expecting that, to have Hosmer be centered you know, star in an ad to try to sell tickets. And it's early in the season, too. You couldn't use Dansby? Come on now. I know, totally random, but that was funny. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, there's there's a lot of different guys they could have used on that team. Alex says he missed his pick on underdog yesterday by one. What was your pick Let me know what your pick was. Was it, did you go hits with someone and they didn't get you enough hits or total bases? Yeah, I've had a rough stretch on there these last few days. Oh, Quan says, Say is an afterthought or what? Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't think of him right off the bat. I was thinking more Stroman. I was thinking Dansby. I was thinking Nico Horner, who they just gave an extension to. Ian Happ. Wasn't he an all-star last year? Like there, There's some guys they could go with over Eric Hosmer. All right. Anything else to go over here in this Padres Brave series? It was encouraging, obviously. Winning three out of four against one of the best teams in baseball. That's what you want to see from this team. And we don't have Musgrove, we don't have Suarez, don't have Morahone, don't have Pomerantz, don't have Tatis, right? Like, didn't see... Who do we nuts? Darvish didn't pitch in this series, obviously. So, the Braves, they pitched some of their better guys. And the Padres, they were, they were not... They didn't have everyone, right? They still... They're not going to have everyone until probably... What mid-May, if we're counting relievers, and they still took three out of four in Atlanta. And especially the last game here. I know it was off of a no-name pitcher, but it's still encouraging. I mean, I have a smile on my face now at the end of this series instead of being pissed off that they split a series and lost the series finale against a guy we've never heard of. Um, Devin says, do you anticipate seeing Engel back soon now that Dahl's on the IL?" Yeah, so for anyone that missed this news today, so David Dahl, he's going on the, or he's, he is on the IL. It, I forget what date it was retroactive to, maybe April 7th. I think that's what the date was. 10-day IL with right, a right quad strain. So Brandon Dixon recalled. So he's going to be the last guy on the bench. He can play infield, can play outfield. He was like the front runner to be one of the bench infielders. At the beginning of spring training, but then O'Dor came in. Dixon had a bad spring. Odor's a lefty. Dixon's a righty. They wanted the lefty. Odor has more major league experience. They had him go play outfield a little bit at the end of spring. So Odor, he he earned the spot over Dixon. Um, but yeah, I mean Dixon, whatever. Minor league guy coming up, Doll. Wasn't getting a whole lot of time, and Bome was saying that was because of the quad issue. Dole had a great moment, right? That home run that he hit to tie the game the other night, uh, the night that the Aztecs lost in the natty to UConn. But that was pretty much it, right? I, I thought he impressed in spring training, but didn't really see a whole lot, so he's going to go on the IL. I would not anticipate, Devin, to answer your question, I wouldn't anticipate Engel coming back soon because he was behind i mean he he was behind in spring training because he was dealing i think with a calf strain then he had another issue or maybe the calf strain was the injury that he got like right before spring training ended but he was dealing with multiple issues in spring training so he was already behind and so i think he's in peoria getting at bats and then he'll probably have to get some at bats at like AAA, before they bring him up. And I don't even think he's there yet. So I don't anticipate Engel coming back soon. They'll probably just write it out with Dixon. Maybe they try to bring up Taylor Colway. But early in the year, they'd probably just want to see more from Colway in the minors and just have Dixon on the roster because he's the last bench guy, not going to get a lot of playing time. He's already been in the big leagues. I know it's not a lot of playing. He hasn't had a ton of big league experience, but it's the last guy on the bench. You know, it's not not a big storyline. Yeah, Sal says halfway to the Tatis return. Yes. So we are now what? Ten games left? Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, ten games. We have ten games, and then that Thursday, the twentieth. Not this Thursday, but next Thursday in Arizona. Weather permitting, so if no games in this New York series get not played, he w- He should be on track to return on the 20th. He doubled today, threw out a runner who dumbly, is dumbly a word? He threw out a runner who made a dumb decision trying to run to second base. Hosed him. Uh, so he looks good. He was looking good in Sacramento, the at-bats that I saw there, so Tatis is Tatis. I'm I'm not surprised by anything that I'm seeing, and he looks completely healthy and ready to go. Now, what I did see in the minor league games, he was playing like seven innings in the games. I don't know if he's gotten up to nine innings yet. Did he play nine innings today? I have no idea, but he'll start playing nine-inning games consistently, back-to-back days. They'll probably have him play three days in a row so that he can, you know, have that under his belt going into the big league games starting April 20th. I wouldn't expect the Padres to, right out of the gate, to play him, like, a full week in a row in the field. If they're not going to play, if they're going to do that, if they're going to have him in the lineup every day for a week when he comes back, it will probably be, there'll probably be a DH day in there at least once, maybe twice, because they're not going to want his bat to be out of the lineup, but they, you don't want Tatis to be out there every day when he didn't do that in spring training, and he's not really doing that with El Paso. I think he had a couple days off in the middle of the Sacramento series that he played, the couple games there, and then the game that he played, or the two games, the games he played today, the game, and then the game he played yesterday, he went 0-5 yesterday. Might as well just keep him down when he's ready, huh? Man, that guy sucks. Just kidding. That's haters on Twitter, probably. If they're even paying attention. Yeah, Devin, that, that's a good point. Devin says, getting back to and Musgrove feels like a trade deadline. Yeah, it does. Except it's going to be in April, right? And we'll see the Padres hopefully at full strength sometime in May with Suarez coming back. Obviously, fingers crossed that everything's going to go well there. I'm not counting on Pomerantz, but I'd like to see him come back because he's nasty when he's on the mound. And he'd be another lefty in the bullpen. Padres don't have a lot of that. Um, but yeah, so the Padres, hopefully they'll get a couple months, a few months of the full team. They'll be able to evaluate that. The front office will. Coaching staff will. And then they can make additions as they see fit before the deadline to get the team on paper ready to go win the whole dang thing, right? All right, moving on to some other San Diego sports here. So the Loyal yesterday, they played uh, at Torero. I saw this game on Fox. So I watched a little bit of that at the end. Loyal one two one over Tulsa, so I think they're three one and one so far in the year. Um, and then San Diego State, they had their celebration on Saturday. I was there, went with my family. Man, that was that was fun. Got the Final Four hat because uh, they had that in the San Diego State store. And so the players, they had the players come off the bus, and there was a huge line of fans thousands of fans probably hundreds waiting outside but thousands came to the event at snapdragon the celebration but fans waiting to congratulate gas players on the, the long run they had because remember all of this obviously was played away from san diego this whole march madness even the mountains tournament so they came back earlier in the week but people were working it was just at san diego state it wasn't really a celebration so this was the time for all of the fans to be there on a weekend and really honor this team because they definitely deserve it with the year that they had. So it was really cool um, getting to, you know, take pictures with players, thank them for what they did, uh, and then go into the stadium, hear from the players, uh, Coach Fisher, Coach Dutcher. I think they got the key to the city. Hopefully a national championship comes, right? They came one game short. And that's what I love about Coach Dutcher is like he is not settling for, okay, we made it to the national championship, great. Now I can just stop working hard. Like On the way to the national championship, he was on the phone recruiting, on a, a phone call with the recruit, right? I'm sure on Saturday, he was on a phone call, phone calls with recruits, uh, maybe at the stadium. Saying, yeah, here's the support that you'll be playing in front of if you want to come here. You're that missing piece to a national championship win. You know, you know how some coaches they probably throw that out there, like, yeah, you're going to be the missing piece for this program to win it all. Well, Dutch, the Aztecs, they can actually say that because they made it to the national championship. It's not like they were a first round exit and this one player is going to change everything. No, they have they have a really solid group in place, and hopefully, Keyshawn stays. Uh, Jane Ladee stays because they, they could leave. Um, Trammell's going to stay. Butler's going to stay. So they're going to still have a a, a solid core Mensa, a rope, definitely going to be missed. Definitely. Uh, Seiko going to be missed. Seiko was not there yesterday, by the way, because I think he was sick. Um, but the whole team was there and then you're going to see some freshmen coming in next year. Um, or they will be sophomores, I guess, technically, because they're, they were freshmen this year. But guys that we didn't really see a whole lot this season because other guys were in front of them, just better. Um, they'll get playing time. So kind of a new, a little bit of a new wave of San Diego State talent coming in with some core guys that were on this team from this past season. So there should be a good mix there. But yeah, the, the, the celebration was great. The fans gave a huge ovation to Mark Fisher. Uh, I think he's dealing with ALS. When they announced him, uh, obviously a big ovation for Dutch and for Lamont Butler. Butler got the biggest. Uh, there was ovation for all the players. Um, they showed out. Props to John Schaefer for emceeing that. Uh, ben Fletcher and Jim Russell were there for standing of Sports 760 doing a broadcast there. Uh, I almost took them off the air because I went to talk with them for a little bit and then i guess i stumbled on one of the cords but hey they didn't they didn't go off the air so that was good Uh, but yeah it was a fun event and it was cool to see a lot of san diegans come out and support this team and next year i would anticipate there not being very many seats available there's going to be a lot of sellouts and I definitely recommend you try to go get a ticket for the first game of the year when they uh, unveil those banners, right? Because they, how many banners are they going to unveil? They have the Mountain West regular season, right? I think they have a banner for that. There's a banner for the Mountain West Conference Tournament Championship. There's a banner for, I think, they did have banners, I think, for the Sweet 16, but will they have a Sweet, will they put a Sweet 16 banner up? I don't know. Will they put up an Elite Eight banner? Because they got all the way to the National Championship. So maybe they just have a Final Four banner that they just hang up there to, you know, because that's like the biggest from last year, from this past season. Uh, but yeah, it's going to it's gonna be a fun basketball season next year. And hopefully, the Pac-12 comes. Uh, President, San Diego State President, Adela De La Torre, Adela De La Torre, was speaking yesterday at Snapdragon during this event, and she mentioned about hopefully sometime soon we're somewhere else, meaning the Pac-12 or the Big 12. I think it would be the Pac-12, but maybe the Big 12 swoops in. We just haven't heard a whole lot about the Big 12. It's been mostly the Pac-12. But yeah, I think J.D. Wicker, the athletic director, mentioned something about that. The president mentioned something about that. So for them to be openly talking about that at a celebration like this, it feels like they're definitely going to go to a major conference, uh, one of the Power Five conferences. It just It's just a matter of when. When is this going to get approved? When is the Pac-12 media deal going to get done? Because I think they have to get that done before expanding to another team or ex- having expansion in the conference. So we're kind of just waiting on that. But it feels like it's just a matter of time for San Diego State to get that invitation and then accept that invitation to get into uh, the Pac-12. All right. Getting back to the comments here, let's see. So if you're just tuning in, obviously the Padres, they took three out of four from the Atlanta Braves. Offense busted out tonight. Great starting pitching the last couple days. The bullpens had a little bit better nights. And I'm seeing some encouraging signs from Grish and Bogarts. Those two are standing out for me right now. Uh, Vince asks, where do you think Tatis will play for his first game back? Right field. Right field and lead off. That, that's, that's where he's going to be most of the time. Jack with a question. How do you feel about the hater usage thus far in the season? Do you want more or less, or has so far been just right? I mean, I prefer more because I don't think the Padres are going to bring him back. So I want to just get the most we possibly can out of Hader. But I do want him to be completely healthy for the postseason. And then get just max out. Get everything you can get out of him. I'm fine with it. You know, I I know that he's only going to pitch one inning. He's not going to pitch multiple innings. He's going to pitch only in save situations for the most part. So I'm fine with the usage for now. Gil says the wave and Zolos they played a friendly how do you is it is it cholos or I think that's how you say it. I'm not familiar with them so sorry wave uh they played a, a friendly wave one three nil they did I didn't know they played it for I know that they I know that I think it's cholos right I think they I saw something on social media of them coming and practicing with the wave was that a closed scrimmage because I I I don't think that was public that that was happening. But yeah, the wave, they're off this week because it's the last international break before the World Cup, Women's World Cup, which happens in July in Australia. So Alex Morgan's not there. Naomi Germer not there. Taylor Korniak's not there. Uh, I think Sheridan, because she's playing with Canada. They weren't there. There's other players, too. Maybe Jakobsen. I'm trying to maybe Van Eggman as well. They weren't there. So and there's like over 60 players that weren't in with their NWSL teams. So uh it was just an off week. And then the waiver back at it, they play the OL Reign next weekend, I think, and then they play Portland on what is that, the nineteenth? Yeah, next Wednesday. So the day before Tatis's return. Uh Portland, who's the favorite to win it all. Against San Diego, I'm I'm excited for that. Kwan says, "I found it interesting how the Braves have no players represented by Scott Boras. If that's true, that is interesting, but it's not surprising because look, a bunch of the Braves players have been locked up for long-term extensions on what we would think, what we would say are team-friendly contracts, right?" Boris doesn't really do that, right? He would probably say, no, 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 Acuna, don't sign this deal. The Albies don't sign this deal for $5 million a year. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, Austin says, people thought the sky was falling Thursday. We're chilling now. It's a long season, and social media, Padres, Twitter, sometimes on Instagram too. I'm not much on Facebook. Um, they get emotional, right? It's a roller coaster. The season's a long roller coaster. There's ups where we're like, yeah, we're the worst, we're the best team in the league. And then there's downs where it's like, Are we gonna make the playoffs? I'm not I don't think that. I'm just saying that's how some fans think. And so they get emotional about things. So yeah. Especially this early when people are freaking out. That's always gonna happen social media. It's a long, long year. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars, episode 380. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on the podcast platforms, on YouTube, live, or on replay. I appreciate everyone's support. Really, really do. San Diego sports fans are the best. I'll talk to you all later. Ben Fadden signing off. Have a great night. Have a great week. See you later.